In our 20s, there are lots of adulting questions and crises that we come across on a daily basis. It means you're constantly looking for new opportunities, taking care of your mental health and life balance. means you're questioning things like, do I really enjoy being an adult? Does it matter where I live? Am I happy? Is money that important? I'm Bao. I'm Mai. And in this new season, we'll share our thoughts and experiences through our journey to our late 20s. More special guests, more deep conversations. Welcome to the M22 Podcast Season 2. Hello, Chinese fam. Welcome back to the new episode of the podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest, one that I'm super excited to introduce to you, our colleague and classmate here at Berkeley Valencia, Carolyn Bonemann. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, guys. It's so nice to have you today. Now that we just had our graduation and come to a completely new journey in our lives, we're so excited to have you here. So, Caro, we always start with why music? And I love making this question because we all come from different backgrounds. I'm sure you were doing something a little different before. So what brought you here actually to Valencia? That is a great question. Well, um, well, basically, um, I don't know if you girls know that, but I actually have a singing degree that I did while I was still doing my high school. I went to a private music school after high school and I have a music degree and I also always love music. I'm a big fan of musicals, of shows, entertainment in general. So yeah, that's one of the reasons. And I did my ma my bachelor in media and entertainment management, which is also music related, but just gives you guys a broader picture of the industry. But I do always wanted to tap into music. So yeah, now I'm here at Berkeley. That's okay. super cool. And you're from Germany, right? Yes, exactly. But as we know, you've been like a world traveler. And what I find really interesting is that you've, you know, you basically have your little cruise ship moment where you just sailed across the world and you you know you were living the life so could you tell us a little bit about how that happened what inspired you to you know embark on that kind of lifestyle and journey sure absolutely i love that you girls remember that it's such a great memory to look back to basically after my bachelor degree i worked for a couple of companies in germany like bmw sky I was just testing out what i like what i don't like and then well we all know the pandemic hit and I got back to working remotely, but I always knew I want to go traveling. I want to have a job where I can be always in a different city, always waking up, being in a different country. So my friend Victoria, who I think you girls also know, she reached out to me and she was like, hey, don't you want to go on a cruise? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I had a lot of interviews to get this job. Let me tell you, it was a hustle. But um, at the end, I am beyond happy that I got to have this amazing experience. What is one of the most memorable memories that you have from working there oh god there's so many it's so hard to pick one i would say in general it's about the community you have these amazing people basically you live with a thousand people on one ship as a crew together besides the 2500 guests so um it's a lot of people it's a very uh very closed environment and you just get to meet in such a short time all these amazing people and you get super close and i love my cruise ship friends and yeah when they're listening to this guys i miss you and i'm actually going on a cruise uh, in, a, in august oh come on yes. take us with you please yes well if you guys have time tag along <laughs> so cool well i mean i think that's the dream right is to travel the world with other people and building that community but you also mentioned that you were you know on there in kind of some function 
related to music or entertainment. So yes. how was how's that kind of career? And why did you make that shift from being on the cruise ship to coming to get another master's degree at Berkeley? And how has your perspective on music or the industry changed since? That's a great question. Okay, um, so I was working as a venue slash stage manager on the cruise. So I was responsible for my own little venue, taking care of the artists, of the technicians, like doing the scheduling, basically everything that comes along. And um, then I actually got uh, Omicron and I was in quarantine for four weeks and I kind of had like a quarter life crisis, didn't really know what to do with my life. Definitely wanted to be a student again. And then I actually found Berkeley uh, two years ago already, but the application deadline was too late. So I, um, I found Berkeley again. I rediscovered Berkeley and I was like, oh my God, it's in Valencia. I already love Valencia. I've been to Valencia two years ago with my stepsister by accident, actually. We wanted to go to Lisbon, but it didn't work out. So we just Googled cheap flights in Spain and Valencia popped up. So we had an amazing weekend in Valencia and I fell in love with the city. And then I rediscovered Berkeley again and I saw that it's in Valencia and I was like, I love this city already. And uh, I do want to tap more into the music industry. I would love to work with artists, setting up events, taking care of technicians, basically everything that I have been doing on the cruise ship, but just in a broader, in a broader sense. And having classes about copyright, having classes about contracts are so essential nowadays that I just, yeah, I just, I just learned so much here, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. so cool. Like an, an upgrade. Definitely. To, yeah. Because your passion was there. It's just now how do we you know, I guess, multiply it, serve more people, yes. get more interaction. So I think that's all what we're all trying to do. Yeah. So just for our listeners, because I'm, I'm sure they're, they might be questioning the same thing I'm questioning now, is how does a daily basis look for you when you were working on the cruise ship? Like, because it's very different of the lifestyle of a student. And also you're, you're still working with a lot of international people. So yes. how does a, a daily basis look on the cruise ship? And then how a daily basis looks when you were studying, you still have like the comparison. That would be very interesting. Oh to my see. God, completely different. So basically, when you work in entertainment in general, you need to expect long hours, working in the night. But I love that. I'm a night person. I love working in the night. I'm very productive. I don't really like waking up at 7 a.m. and having a meeting. So working entertainment is kind of great for me. So day to day on the cruise ship looks like... Um, Basically, you get you have flexible working hours when you work in management. As long as you get all your obligations done, you can basically schedule your day how you would like to. So um, I usually get to the office between 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning. And then you always do your administrative work. So it's a lot of emails. It's a lot of communication because everybody needs to be informed what's happening on the cruise as well as what the headquarter needs to know as well. So um, then you do your administrative work. You also need to schedule everything um, that's happening either the next week or the next day, depending on your scheduling. You need to get your moderation ready because I was also moderating in the evening. So in the morning, I usually uh, read my script again, maybe did some adjustments. Then I called up the technicians. We had some um, rehearsals. We had some sound checks. And then in the evening, you have your, your check-in of the guests. They're getting into your venue. Then you have um, a sound check before and then the show gets started. And yeah, it's kind of how you roll. And then usually after the show, sometimes I had another show until 1 a.m. And then most of the times I actually went back to the office and worked for another hour or two because like we have to write a reflection report. And once the show just ends, you, your memory is still so fresh that you just want to write it down. And then I went to the gym for one hour and then yeah <laughs> and then i went to the gym and then i went um to meet my friends for a drink 
So after yeah yeah <laughs> on a daily basis like this happened multiple times Pretty a week much yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and I mean here it's completely different now the earliest class starts at 10 we all know it it's it's the early class it's very nice <laughs> but yeah no how's your experience like because we are surrounded by international people at our stories at your work also in the cruise so how do you feel like in terms of maybe your leadership your way to communicate how the culture differences might pop up How's your experience in that? First of all, I love working with international people. I think it's such a great asset that everybody brings to the teamwork because everybody has different backgrounds. Everybody, everybody has a different working style. So I love working with different nationalities. Even in my undergrad, we had over 150 nationalities. So I'm kind of used to working with people from all over the world. And I love it. I think that everybody has this unique skill set and mindset that they bring to the table. And especially because um, I think we're going to touch on this uh, maybe later. I mean, I was a project manager for Enocon here at Berkeley. It's a music and tech conference that actually Berkeley students are organizing. And as a project manager, I was in charge of just overseeing the entire process and keeping the team up to date with their tasks. And I really, I, I truly enjoy working with internationals. It's such, it's such, a, such a great experience, honestly. Well, you kind of led yourself to the next topic. Yeah, very right? So Enocon. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I was really happy to be a part of it this year yeah. and saw it was super successful. And it was like the return from last year where everything was online. So yeah. I guess what was your kind of vision for Inocon coming into the position when you first got it? And, you know, what were some of the key takeaways that you you got from, you know, being on the project as the project manager, leading the team, seeing it happen, defending your thesis and Yes, yeah, so as I said before, Inokan um, was actually my master's thesis. We call it here accumulating experience at Berkeley. And I, as a project manager, yeah, I was basically in charge of creating the mission, what we want to organize, um, what are the activities, the speakers, basically everything, of course, in collaboration with my amazing team. So yeah, the vision was this year, since it was the first time that both the conference and the concert was in person, that we really want to emphasize on community. It's such an important thing, especially here at Berkeley. We have such a strong student community of all these amazing artists, manager, production, technicians, everything. So I really want to highlight on the student-run organizations such as Chino's Tech, on Disruption, where Mai is the, the executive marketing operation yeah. manager. Um, so just involving everybody that's doing such an amazing job here and highlight their, their great success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and your key takeaways, yeah. what did you learn sorry, from yeah. it? And I guess like there, there's probably a lot of obstacles too that you oh, came across, right? Yes, yes. Basically, we were switching venues, we were switching dates. When we found a final date, it was clashing with several other events that were happening, not only in Spain, but also in London, where a lot of students were going to. So we had a lot of obstacles. Also, the communication with the venue was struggling, especially uh, for the marketing part of it. So we definitely had some major challenges, especially thinking that we were uh, doing it on a very limited budget. However, I think we overcome all of these challenges and shout out to my teammates, Abby, Deb, Nico, Dries, Nito, whoever's watching this right now. I'm really proud of my team and I just want to say thank you guys for this amazing experience. I think that's super cool. And working with the limited budget, you know, working in a city that that you're not super familiar with how the legislations and, and limited Spanish, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> limited Spanish. 
Spanish for sure. Like get to, you know improve your Spanish. I think that brings up another really good point is that you know learning the language, whether it's an actual language or a skill that's transferable in the music industry, is so so important. What are some of the for you know our young listeners who are trying to get into the industry? What are some of the I guess like skills that you think is really necessary in today's hiring process or just for young people looking into it? And I know, like sometimes you send me these videos of <laughs> tips and tricks of how to, you know, navigate through I the know, process. So you're、I、like、know. the person to oh, tell thank them. Thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, well, I've been working in HR for a while,、um, not music related, but I kind of know the drill of what recruiters are looking for, how your CV should look like. I'm gonna say I'm definitely not a fan of cover letters. Everybody knows here I'm not a fan of cover letters. Please do not write one. <laughs> you don't. No, honestly, I mean, okay, that's another topic for another day. But yeah, three three key skills you should have when you tap into the industry is definitely you have to be flexible and adaptable. Especially the music industry is constantly changing. You always got to be on top of your game, knowing the latest trends, knowing what's what's important right now. So it's it's very important to have a diverse set of skills, especially when you want to tap into management. You got to be flexible. You got to have an open mindset. As my said before, we're working with a lot of、um, internationals, so having an adjustable mindset, also a leadership style, is very important. Then second, then the second one would be is always to have as again like contracts and copyright. You don't need to be an expert. You don't need to be a lawyer, but you definitely need to know when you're infringing copyright. What licenses do you need? All those things are super important. And I think that in a lot of companies that are not music related, they don't always know what license to actually need. So having somebody that is aware of that is a great asset, actually. And the third thing,、um, let me think about. I would just say personality. Honestly, embrace yourself. Have fun working.、Uh, get to know your colleagues. Get to know your your supervisors. Try to set up some events, even if it's just a, a lunch together, or if you're working remotely, it's virtual coffee dates. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. Just get to know each other. Explore your network. Connect with people. And you never know what you end up with, honestly. So now, after these tips, we are curious to know what's next for you after the cruise. Oof, that is a, to. <laughs> that is a good question, Val. That is a good question. I think it's the question that a lot of us are asking ourselves right now. I do want to tap into events and concerts, but I don't know if I'll end up at the cruise ship. To be honest, I'm looking into on-site companies right now and agencies in Germany as well as、um, somewhere else in Europe. Where we can set up great concerts, events, maybe artist management. I really, I can't tell right now. You put me on the spot no, here. Oh, that's great! Like the reason why we make this question to most of our listeners is for them to know that this is pretty normal. Like、yeah. you, we can't expect for all of our generation to be hired as soon as we graduate. You know, it, it's different timelines for every person. So、uh, all of our guests have been、um, having this question like lately, and we all have the same answer. Mine also have been really transparent. Like applying to jobs is tough. Finding opportunities after the pandemic is tough, and you have your own timeline. So also like the term of comparing to other people, you know, like what is the mindset you have for this right now? That is a great point, and I think another thing that we should not forget is here at Berkeley, this has been an intense year. Usually, you do your masters in two years. That's at least the case in Germany. However, we've done、um, our master thesis, our deadlines, our homeworks, our presentation, everything that you need to know. 
in one year. So it has been an extensive experience. So therefore, I think it's also important to take a break. And that's something that we all keep forgetting. So I want to highlight this. You got to rest your body as well as you got to rest your mind. So I'm definitely going to take a long holiday on July and August. No, I need it, guys. <laughs> like... That is very true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what Val just touched on, not knowing what to do and being lost. Man, I can write a book about this. Um, I've, maybe I'll, I'll do it maybe one day. She'll maybe do it. I'll do it one day. <laughs> no, but being lost in your 20s or your 30s or your 30s and questioning yourself what you want to do is the, the normal, the, the, like the, the normalest, the normalest thing. The normal, normal thing, <laughs> the normal thing um, in life, because you keep changing your values, you keep changing your personality, what you want to look into a company, what makes you happy. Things are changing. It's not like uh, our parents' generation where you stay in the company the next 30 years. At least that's not what I'm planning to do. If that's your vibe and you're happy with it, go ahead. But I think especially in the music industry, we will tap into a lot of different fields. And it's also about being open because sometimes yeah. we're going to be into jobs or that we probably it's not our goal or a dream job, but it's a step. It's the yeah. next step, you know, to get yeah. into there. So, yeah. W what is your opinion about that? Because also a lot of people think and we, we've been talking about that. I personally feel burnout. Like I, I also needed a, a Honey, you were burned out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, but I feel more burnout now. It's like I've always been like studying, working. So I think like a month or two months is perfect after your master's degree. What is your opinion on having a gap for the people that want to take a year, you know, of, of a break? And that's going to be on the CV. So most of the people are like afraid of what is the opinion after they want to go back to work. You know, like what is the opinion about that? But I think this is how society pressures us. Society, yeah. society basically has this idea of, okay, once you're done with your bachelor, you either go directly into your master or you work in between. But once you have your master, unless you want to become a professor, but I don't know if that's really relevant in our field, you got to find a job. That's how you do it. That's what you need to do. And I think that uh, especially because everything is so intense in this one year, Doing a gap year or, or taking a couple of months off to really work on yourself, look into yourself. What do I really want to do? What are the values that I want to have in a company? This is so essential because you don't want to just find a job to get a job and then you end up hating it every day. That's, that's at least my, my worst nightmare, to be honest. So I am actually in the lucky financial position to take the time because not everybody has. Some people are reliant on finding a job, so, so their time of relaxation is a little bit shorter. I'm in a lucky position. I can really take my time, even if it's one or two months. And if you decide to do a year, that's also totally fine. But then I would recommend doing so doing still something that keeps your mind busy even if it's just regular meditation or coaching sessions or you do something um, for charity or you volunteer but I think like doing one year literally just on the beach I think that that might not be very efficient yeah. your your answer actually brings me to a, maybe a more relaxing question okay. shall we say What did you dream of when you were growing up? Like, what did you think you wanted to do Ooh. as a little kid? And, you know, how was it growing up in Germany? Like, tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, when I was small, when I was young, I always wanted to be a teacher. 
And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm considering. I could, I could see myself becoming a teacher one day. Um, but becoming an elementary teacher in Germany means that you have to teach German, and teaching German is not my strong suit. So, <laughs> no, honestly, guys, German is uh, one of my weaknesses, which is funny because it's my native language. But um, it was the subject I had the worst grades in, <laughs> and I truly did not enjoy it. So, yeah, um, growing up in Germany, I mean. I am part of a very mixed up family. So I have an older brother. I have a stepsister. I have a stepbrother. I have a stepdad. I have a biological dad. And I have like all my tall blonde. I mean, you can't tell right now, but I am way taller than these two ladies next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm short in my family, which is hilarious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, growing up in a very loud and loving family was amazing i i mean yeah sometimes you fight but you also love even more because you get over your differences and uh, i'm really excited to go back to germany actually and see my family and just spend some time with them do you always feel attracted to the entertainment industry uh, when you were younger oh absolutely oh guys yeah i mean when i was like five years old We have, we've talked about Club Med before. Yeah. So uh, there are like a couple of German uh, versions of Club Med. So for the people that don't know what Club Med is, it's a hotel that offers entertainment, sports, spa. It's basically like an all-inclusive vacation. And we have a couple of those companies in Germany, but also in other different countries, but they're German-run companies. And when I was five years old, I was already dancing on a chair to Lady Marmalade. In a black velvet dress with a red feather bow, just shaking and dancing. I didn't even know what the song was about. <laughs> and yeah, I always loved to be part of shows, always loved acting. And yeah, it ever stuck that with me. <laughs> We're all imagining that. Take yeah, a moment yeah, to yeah, imagine. Yeah, you see me with the red feather bow. <laughs> That's so cool. I think that's also when, you know, you don't have to think a lot and you just kind of follow the music and. If it sticks with you, then it sticks with you. So yeah. that's super cool that, you know, you grew up in like that kind of big household and you're able to experience like so much love from people. And I feel like when you experience a lot of love from growing up, you want to give back a lot more and just in a different way. And now you're, you know, you're giving back a community and your incredible wisdom to our fans. So thank you so much for, you know, just sharing all of this it's really cool yeah so i mean i'm i'm curious now to see uh what were because you've been talking about like some challenges for Enocon, with uh, some challenges in the cruise ship but what were some challenges that you faced as a master's student at Your berkeley birthday? yeah mm, that is a good one let me let me give it a second Honestly, without sounding like super arrogant or anything, um, the major like there were no like major, major challenges for me here. I think everything uh, you can do if you just have a good time management and I kind of perfectionized my own time management. So I was never really, oh, my God, I'm not going to have this on time. I'm not going to finish this on time because I always start earlier. I pressure myself to start earlier, even though I hate it. But in the end. You're just more relaxed because everybody's stressed out and you have your stuff done and you're chilling. So the only thing that kind of got me frustrated and I cried once and I don't cry a lot, but I cried once is because sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes um, there were a couple of moments with Enocon, but then having deadlines and assignments and everything combined just felt super overwhelming. And I cried once when I was home, like in my apartment in Valencia. Yeah. So 
but I actually meditate on it. And I, I did a meditation of letting anger go. And then I cried even a lot more. But afterwards, it was it was great. And um, I'm fine now. Yeah, because in terms of like, for example, it was my first experience of going out of my country and like starting to another yeah. uh, in another place. And like mainly if you are like a hustler, like we all are, sometimes you don't have like much challenges in terms of academic, but in terms of your lifestyle, your mental health or like just missing your family and stuff it might be a little tough sometimes in other ways not necessarily like the academic side so what are some recommendations you can give to our listeners because i know a lot of them are like in between applying to a master's degree or maybe uh between the undergrad and wanting to study abroad you know so what is something that you would recommend in that way so yeah i um i think your girls know but i've been like living abroad the past five years maybe even six years i'm getting older now so <laughs> we're not counting here we're not counting here yeah i've been living in so many different countries i mean i started with my bachelor's in the netherlands then i moved to indonesia well actually we gotta we gotta we gotta yeah, go back so the first time i decided to go abroad on my own i was 14 years old and i talked to my mama and i said hey there is this language uh class in brighton and i want to go and she said, oh, my God, OK, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, it's, everything's organized and whatnot. And I had a blast. I literally had a blast. And then I went to France for uh, one month. Then I went to Sweden for another month. I did a lot of exchange programs, um, which are not that long term, but it gets you a good, a good feeling of uh, new culture, new people, uh, living in host families, stuff like that. Then I graduated in um, the States and then I moved back to Germany, had to graduate again. <laughs> a lot of graduating here. So um, long story short, if you want to go abroad, just do it, even though it might be terrifying. Um, but I think it's, most, it's one of the most rewarding experiences because you get to meet so many other people. You get to eat a lot of amazing food. You can see the beach. You can see the sights of whatever city or country you're going to. And it just grows you so much as a person. And I can tell you right now that if you come back to your home country, you have a second culture shock because you're coming back <laughs> and you will become different. Not saying that you're going to change yourself, but saying that there will always be a little piece of Valencia. There will always be a little piece of the Netherlands, of Indonesia, of the States, of uh, wherever I've been. And it will always be with you. And please, please, please don't lose it because it's amazing. And I can always tell when people have been abroad or not. You can tell because their mindset is just it's just different. They're more open minded. They're more risk taking, too, because they know what it's like being in a different country, not knowing a language, not knowing where is my pizza place? Where is uh, Filipas, by the way, when you're in Valencia? <laughs> Low key shout out. I love it. I mean, I was terrified of studying in English for my bachelor's. I was doubting myself. I said, oh, my God, mom, I don't know if I can do it. It's a different language. It's academical. I don't know. And she's like, Caro, you'll be fine. Just do it. And now I'm doing my master's in English. so I think I'm fine. But just do it. Honestly, it's 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 the best. It's the best. And you make memories and you make friends that you have for a lifetime. You have a lot of persons to visit around the world now though yes, <laughs> just amazing. I can go. so talking about all these places where you were actually studying abroad which one was your favorite one up to now like that you've been living for a while valencia top down <laughs> no we want to know wow and now why like everyone has just different opinions about the spain and the lifestyle 
I think like I slow down. A lot of people have yeah. it's more like all nighter, and they were not like that. So why is Valencia your favorite one? I mean, I, I've been to Madrid, I've been to Barcelona, I've been to Malaga, I've been to Cadiz, which I think is still Spain, right? Yeah, yeah amazing. <laughs> yeah, my geography is not the best, I'm sorry. Valencia is just everything that I want in a city. It, you have the beach, you have a beautiful old town that I am lucky enough to live in. You are, it's just... There are so many waterfalls here and even though it, it's, it's summer and it's super hot and everything is dry, you just take a 30-minute ride and you are literally in the jungle. You have the waterfalls, you have, I don't know, you have like some, some lakes. Everything is just, it just goes together so well and I wish my Spanish was better to stay here. But I truly, I truly love Valencia. I mean, when I was here two years ago with my stepsister, we were just amazed by this beautiful city. and. Valencia for me is just the full package and I wish that my Spanish was better to stay here and I wish we had more companies here to work for because I think if you don't really speak Spanish that well living here is kind of limited so yeah but top down I mean great food great people always music there's yeah. always music yeah. here I mean I live in the city center and let me tell you every weekend there is something going on And every weekend there's music and sometimes I want to study and I'm like, please, please, guys, I know you love it. I know you love it. But give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me, I've also lived in, I guess, the three continents, you know, Asia. Yeah. I've lived in Europe now and then in the U.S. It just, I guess, like each place has a different flavor to it. I mean, we're talking about cuisine, but we also talk about the lifestyle, the pace of life the culture when it comes to work work-life balance and everything i think for me vietnam will always be home it's you know it's where people look like me people speak my language i'm familiar with how things work but then i also realized that there are a lot of things that's not present there like lots of opportunities that i was able to get because i went outside of my comfort zone to europe to the u.s So it's, it's a promising place, definitely, in the music scene. There's really growing a lot. Thailand, you know, Malaysia, Singapore, everything. And I think Vietnam has a long way to go, but it's very promising. For me, people have different opinions about the U.S. I lived in Texas, and honestly, I enjoyed my time there. I grew a lot because I left when I was 17, and it was just like a whole new experience to be speaking English 24-7. <laughs> you know practicing my art getting to know people being in the culture surviving covid all this stuff so it has a great place in my heart but now that i'm in europe it's also a very different culture it's much slower people are chill but they're also quite serious when it comes to working when they need to be and it it's just a different vibe so i i can't i can't really say but you know to each their own i really like the different flavors that i'm able to get Yeah, for me, it's like I, I miss my food. I miss my family. I miss my people a lot. a lot of beans, guys. You have no idea. <laughs> it's just, you, it's just yeah, very important. Yeah, you go to this like Mexican specialty grocery <laughs> store and she gets all the beans. That is true. I, I get everything that I and see. And they're good. They're and good. the salsas. You haven't seen me yet, but like tacos and salsas are like always, always there. I think my people is, is the persons I, I miss the most are, are back home. Definitely. Obviously, as Maya was saying, opportunities are not sometimes out at hometown. My friends are also moving out already. So going back home is going to be 
the same in terms of family, but not in terms of my friends. When I was 18 or even younger, I always knew I would leave Mexico. Like I always had this feeling that I, I was Mexican, but I didn't belong for the rest of my life there. That's how it, it felt for me. So I always knew Europe was in, in my, as a goal, you know, I always wanted to move to the US, but as my say, different opinions. I have family in Texas. I love my family in Texas, but I think it's just a stop for me. Not actually like a place where I want to work now. But going into the Valencia and the Spain style and slowing down was really important for me because I come from a big city where everyone is so stressed, even when they're driving and they're, everyone is just rushing all the time. And I was rushing for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, probably. Like, even if I was too young, you feel the pressure of the city. And coming here gives me the opportunity to slow down and focus a little bit more on my mental health, which, which is something that I ever done before, you know? I mean, in the pandemic, we all kind of did in different ways, but not in a healthy way because we were all locked down, you know? But now that I'm here and knowing different people, different leadership styles, different culture, just opens more your mind, as you were saying, Caro, but also it kind of makes you put yourself first in other ways that you're actually not used to. And Val's such a hustler, guys. Like, you have no idea. This woman runs bajillion businesses <laughs> and is a social media queen and low-key studies at Berkeley. So... <laughs> No, I think I think we all come from that background of like if we want to get somewhere, we need to hustle to get there. And I and I like that education, honestly. That's like the what I want to transmit, and I think we all transmit that in some ways. So yeah, Caro, we are so excited to see where you're going next. You have no idea, and of course, like I've I've learned a lot from you, and and that's why we wanted to have you here. We all have like you know perspectives of different cultures, but we actually don't understand how they work until we are with the people and being with you even if you don't like to speak German sometimes <laughs> as you were saying or you don't like to teach it I think it's pretty interesting and you're a person that's pretty open and we we admire that and you're a traveler like mine so I think we kind of combine in terms of you know even if we are uh, in a pressure industry where competitiveness is like put always first we kind of feel that we are a family and that's a community that you were saying that you you like to work around so yeah, let's go into that topic because we are women in the industry also. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like we hustle and we represent a small percentage and this is a topic that we bring in almost few episodes. But what is your perspective about being competitive or people being competitive around you and being a woman in the industry? I know that being a woman in the music industry has been a topic that we touched on a lot and I think it's great to em to embrace women because especially it was not a thing, let's say, 50 years ago. It was not a thing that women went to work. Women had the right to vote. So a lot of things changed in the past 100 years. And I think it's amazing that women are tapping into a CEO or um, a higher manager position. But I think one thing that we cannot forget is that everything needs to be in balance. And sometimes I feel that the being a woman in the industry gets pushed so high that I talk to a lot of our guys here. They're actually really afraid sometimes to tap into businesses because they're like, oh, my God, I don't know if I get hired because I'm this typical white, straight male. And they're probably looking for something for somebody that is female and maybe has a different ethnicity than I am. And I don't know, I think I think it's great to embrace women in the industry, but we also should not forget about the men. Like don't don't leave the men feel terrified and alone just because we're at this power level right now. So I'm a big believer in equality and balance. 
So yes, it's great to have a lot of women in the executive board, to have women as a CEO, but that should not entail that men are frightened to apply. I think it's it's great to keep it open for everybody. That's kind yeah. of my take. Also, in terms of intimidating, I think that there's a topic that Maya and I also talk a lot about. Like, yeah, we all are ambitious. Like, no matter if you're a man, you're a woman, like anyone should make a harder effort. We're, as you're saying, we're a balance. So anyone should feel intimidated by the other gender. You know, like that. that's something that... Exactly, exactly. And I think especially here at Berkeley, I remember our program director, Emilion, saying... Um, oh, at the end of the program, please stay friends. Don't get into competition. And we all looked at each other. We're like, oh, like, why is he saying something yeah, like that? We're like, it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're coming to the end. And I feel like everybody feels this tension. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Am I going to take a break? Am I going to get a job? Am I going to stay in Valencia? Do I go to back to Germany? There's so many questions that in such short um, amount of time you need to answer and you need to do and you need to plan. So. I feel that sometimes if people are saying, oh, I have a job interview, some people are hesitant to ask, oh, with what company? Because then other people might feel, oh, my God, she's going to steal away the job. And I would just love to embrace that. Just there's so many jobs. There's so many jobs, guys. And I think it's important that we all share our network. We share experiences. We're saying, hey, Val, in what industry do you want to work at? When what company are you associated? And then you tell me, and then I'm like, hey, actually, I know somebody, and I can help you. It should not be a competition. It should be collaboration of all of us helping each other. Because at the end, there are bajillion jobs, and yeah, two people in our group might apply to the same job, but that doesn't mean that one of them gets it because 30 other people apply. Yeah, <laughs> and also we have like different backgrounds, different exactly. countries. Some of us can like I can't work in the US, but maybe someone else. You I know, can't so work in Mexico. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's pretty abroad. That's a really important topic. It's also like about the fit, right? I mean, yeah. is even though you might think like, though this company is the flashy name you've heard about, you tried and you don't get it. Maybe you're not the fit right now or and and then eventually you'll get into a job or you'll start your own thing and you're like this is what i'm meant to be doing and so it's it's sometimes about timing sometimes it's about luck competition i feel like it's good in a certain way if you're the only person applying to this company that's an issue <laughs> like maybe the company is too small or maybe like that company yeah <laughs> like <laughs> pushes you to be better you know in other ways yeah. it's always I, a positive side to yeah, see it. i think a good sense of being competitive is great because it's as my said it pushes you to do better but being too competitive i don't really know because honestly you might lose some friends and you might lose some people you like because you're yeah. just being too competitive and you are seeing everybody as a threat and you are being just stubborn in your head and saying, oh my God, I need to do better, I need to do better, which eventually leads to a burnout. Yeah. So I think having, having, having um, a good sense of competitiveness is great, but don't overdo it because at the end, you got to know your self-worth. You got to know what you're good at, what your, what your strength, what your weaknesses are. If you know your weaknesses, great. You can always work on them. You can talk to your friends. You can be like, hey, what do you think I should improve on? I actually do this a lot with my friends, actually. Um, and then you just got to learn. Or you don't. I mean, if you are happy the way you are, great. Yeah, like asking for constructive feedback yes, exactly. is really important. I feel like some people are like, okay, I think I'm doing okay. And, and they don't, you know, ask for feedback. But like you said like asking your friends people you trust the most and know you well they're really open to giving you that kind of feedback and 
they want you to grow. I think that's yeah. also the importance of friendship yeah. in the music industry. It's so small. It's important to obviously network and create these relationships on a professional level. But then at the end of the day, you're just friends. You're just going to hang out, have a beer, have some food together. And, and then you talk about music. I think that that's why, you know, the industry is really fun because you can music is something that you can take it professionally or personally. A hundred percent. I also actually I do this a lot with my family where if I have a job interview, especially in the early beginning. So this is like to the listeners that are just tapping into the industry, trying to find a job. Um, also use your parents, use your family as a resource. I mean, even if they're not working in the music industry specifically, they have decades of working experience. And I love picking my family brains on, especially because I come from an entrepreneurial family. So I love picking their brains on. How can I do um, how can I do a job interview? What are the questions I should ask? How do I negotiate about salary? This is such an important topic. And yeah. this is I mean, yeah, it can be music related, but we all need to know how to how to act and how to get what we want to get, you know, especially after a master degree. Um, you don't want to you don't want to put yourself under the value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great tip because, <laughs> yeah, we are on the same stage. And as you were saying, I think we don't talk about it that much because everyone's feel tense, as you were saying. This is also common. But as you were saying, I think it is important to like celebrate other people's success. And you don't know, maybe that person's going to connect you to another job, to another person and just staying open. I think just remembering first that we're a community before then who's going to make it first is always like the best way to see it. So thank you so much for coming to our because we are so excited me. to have you thank you for having me we are so excited to see where you're going next keep you updated <laughs> thank you for like all the energy that you bring to this episode Aww. but also in general to the program i feel like there's so much positivity whenever you walk down the hallway whenever you're in like the a room. sunshine like a sunshine so please keep that energy going in the industry we need you we need people like you and for our listeners thank you guys for tuning into this episode and we'll see you next time see you bye thank you bye